Hey, it's Kitchen Table Spirituality, an encouraging weekly devotional. I'm here with the bolstering, the upright, the optimistic, the positive Pastor Charlie Eastman of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. Hey, that's me. And I'm here with Jonathan Malone, the what, Rav. What? <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead. Of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. And he is the uh, eminent, hmm. the oh. uh, psychologically difficult, the <laughs> obsequiously, obsequiously demeaning. <laughs> if I'd had more time to prepare, I'd have written a shorter letter. I, Sorry. <laughs> I gave you all those nice words, and then what do I get in return? I just wanted to balance it. I felt like the team was going to get too big for its britches. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. And I, went, and, I definitely uh, went yeah. the wrong direction. No, no, I think actually that was the right direction. You tend to be more optimistic, more positive, and I tend to just bring us down. Hmm. Which is right. Okay. That's, I mean, I'm your Rhode Island. I'm the Rhode Island to your Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would, I I would say in terms of religious history, Rhode Island is where the celebration went. That's right. Uh, That's true. So it's, it's hard to... It's hard to be the... Anyway, we'll talk more about that in a moment. How's yeah. things going, brother? Things are good at, uh, in East Greenwich. Things good. are good. It's, it's getting chilly, mm. uh, but, you know, a good chilly, an honest chilly. We had our January lull, that, that false start spring that makes everybody walk mm-hmm. around and say, hey, winter isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Poor no, I mean, Englanders. Every year it gets you every year mm-hmm. and then february hits and you're like oh gosh this winter's lasting forever Boom. yep so things are going well at at first baptist a couple of things to be looking forward to uh we are collecting recipes for our first baptist cookbook that we're putting together so please get those in by the end of the month if possible right on um, send them to the church office how recipes often do you do a cookbook we, uh at least more than once a dec uh more than uh every decade and is it a physical book? Since I've been here. Uh, yeah, it will be an actual, tangible... Is it a fundraiser? Yes, for our church house. Wonderful. But also, nice to get... And we want, we want the stories connected with the recipes. Oh, I love it. Yeah, give us the stories as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's coming up on February 14th is Ask the Pastor Sunday. It's also Transfiguration Sunday. Mm-hmm. So start sending in your questions. You oh, can ask it. me anything you want. And that's what I'll be focusing on in the service. Oh, the wow. less questions I get, the deeper I go, mm-hmm. and the more erudite I will be. Oh, erudition, so, just what the people want. Just what, an oration of erudition. Now, Jonathan, may I send a question to ask the yeah, pastor? Charlie, of course you can. Oh, boy. I would be thrilled for your... So, why on Transfiguration <laughs> Sunday? Why is that the day for this? Well, I did it last year on Transfiguration Sunday because I felt the spirit move. But um, in further reflection, uh, the part of the Transfiguration is the re- revealing the fullness of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. And I think there's always this sense of mystery around church history, around Scripture, um, even around things that we do as a church. And I thought that feels like a good Sunday to say, ask any question you want. Let's just open up it. the windows so you and combine you combine everything. inquiry with irreverence and you come out with inspiration transfiguration yeah or transfiguration yeah yeah and part of it is also from if i may pope john paul pope john sorry just pope john the 23rd mm-hmm. 
who instituted or started going the Second Vatican Council where he said what we need to do is open the windows to the church and let the light shine in. Mm. Now, we're not going to be doing any kind of reformations for our church, but and that idea, you know, let's open the windows and let some light in. So your questions are those, is that fresh air that comes okay. into the church? I love it. And I think that's enough for now. Yeah. How I'm, are things going up? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, send in your questions because on February fourteenth we're doing Ask the Pastor Anything Sunday at Pilgrim Congregational Church. Are you are you you, oh, uh, you want to do that? I'm absolutely stealing this. Oh, fantastic! No, it is fantastic. You will get full credit, but I I can't get over what a great idea this is. Oh, Wonderful. thanks. Um, See this, th- folks. This is what happens when people collaborate. Oh, yeah, that's when they work together. when they work together instead of for the other's destruction and demise. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, <laughs> we just had one of the most wonderful, in my opinion, annual meetings that a church ever had on. Uh, wow! On this past Sunday, it was. We met at eleven thirty. There was a lot of preparation. Mm-hmm. We did a practice session. There, actually, there were practice sessions for the leaders. Then there were practice sessions for attendees, and. Um, it was great when they when they put the poll up. People knew how to vote, uh, oh, to vote great. for the budget. It was excellent use of uh, Skype, not Skype, never Skype in those meetings, Zoom, no. by our yeah. moderator Ben Douglas and his supporting folks. It was just a blast. Uh, it worked very well. So um, yeah, how I, often I, how often do you have those meetings? Annually, hmm. once, so a, once a year. Once John. a year. Yeah. Okay. It, it was really. But but I I don't usually get excited about meetings. I'm as as an introvert, it's hard for me to look at, you know, a hundred faces on the screen. Mm. Oh, and we smashed our quorum. It was wonderful. Oh, but to nice. look at that many faces on a screen and try and gauge reactions and focus on people is really challenging for me. Yeah. Um, but this they made it easy. It was oh, it great. was really great. Also, annual meetings for pastors generally are not our high heavy lifting moments. It's mm. kind of our job to to st- stay to one side, to be yep. weigh in on spiritual matters and such, but let the business be the business unless unless there's something that yeah. really strikes your heart as going off the rails. But that is not the case at Pilgrim Church. And then the other thing that happened yesterday on Facebook, one of my parishioners uh, noted that this is one year to the day of my candidating son- sermon at uh, Pilgrim oh, wow. Congregational. Sorry to make this all about me, but, you know. Well, that's all right. Why not, right? It, it was just, it's really sweet. To be recognized in these small ways by people, mm-hmm. um, and it, it meant the world to me. So That's lovely. Yeah. Oh, good. I forgot one other thing that I need to mention. Please lay it on us. If I may. This Sunday, the 31st, for our Fellowship Cafe, which we have on Zoom, mm-hmm. after the service, we are doing two things. So I want to encourage as many people as possible to go. We're extending the right hand of fellowship to a new member. Oh, that's right. Um, so it's wonderful. And uh, the Reverend Doug Harris, our interim... Yeah. Executive minister will be there, um, and you can ask him anything. Oh, what a wonderful actually, opportunity to ask Doug yeah, Harris anything. Yeah, ask him about our region, the denomination. Ask him a question. If you don't like the answer, then send that same question to me for Ask the Pastor Sunday. There you and go. I'll see what I can do with it. Oh, I love it. Two-stage question processing. Yeah. Um, um, and I'm sorry, one more thing from us. On the, yeah, fel- on the right. fellowship front, our fellowship team has been getting busy. And uh, actually, Thursday night is trivia night. So trivia they're night. doing a Zoom Ooh. trivia experience. They did a they did a practice run. It went great. Mm-hmm. So Thursday night, folks, uh, you'll get an email with details shortly. Trivia night. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, trivia is a thing that works well on online. Yeah, it's not too important, but still interesting. That's right. And fellowship time time spent time with the with beloved fellowship. community 
then when it's time to do heavy lifting ministry, you're you're more able. You're able to to come together in a spirit of working together, and then you'll have something to really celebrate. Yeah, and you know what I love about those times? I see what you're doing. Uh-huh. Um, I I also love it. Not when I get the right answer. I really am always impressed when someone else comes up with that answer from just nowhere. That's exciting. <laughs> it is. Like, it is. If you've ever you attended a trivia night in a pub or something, it's it's really fascinating to watch how they're suddenly they'll just blurt something out and you'll be stunned, right, and defeated. But that's all right. So, right. Um, but you well uh, celebrate. One other thing. One other okay, thing. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I kind of ruined the segue. Um, no, that's right. You're going to save it right now. Here it is. Here it comes. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, one of the great <laughs> things about the annual meeting is that it's it wasn't uh, on the Sunday that includes the Super Bowl. Because I've been a oh, part of yeah. churches that specifically schedule the annual meeting for the same Sunday as the Super Bowl in order oh, okay. to keep things moving. And it, really? And it certainly works, but it, it also creates a sense of anxiety <laughs> in those people for whom the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. Um, and this year, I've been surrounded by mm. people who are half uh, looking forward to Tom Brady being ground into powder, and then half <laughs> hoping that he rises victorious and shows all the young whippersnappers how it's done. So football has been on our minds a little bit. Oh, here. it has. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a um, football is a sport, it is a sport. It's a sports ball right. experience where two sports teams come together and whoever sports is the best sport is declared the victor. Oh, okay. In this, this case happen, of the gridiron. Does this happen on a regular basis? Uh, the this, this Super Bowl. Is no. it an annual? No. It, it is an annual. Yes, annual it is. Thing. Okay. Like an annual okay. meeting. It is an never annual heard, meeting of giants. That's, that's interesting. I've never heard of it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, 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 not, I'm it, not aware of this. The deep irony event. of me being the one telling anybody about the parameters of a football experience <laughs> oh. is pretty funny. However, in football, so there'll be, go there, ahead. There is, is a moment. There a is moment. a moment. Yes. And yes. in that moment, um, I'm ready. You make the, what's called the touchdown. Where you touch something that's down, like a yes. goose. Actually, what touches down is your foot in the end zone while you're carrying the football. Okay, and, I'm lost. And when that happens, <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, you score what a happens? point. You score, yes. you score a six points, actually. Not just and one. Then, and again, lost, but and then what? <laughs> and, and then... And then once and you've then, done that, you might be given cause to celebrate, celebrate the achievement. Yeah, okay. There's our segue. Oh, boy. And in 2017, there was a kerfuffle over the amount of celebration. In fact... The amount of celebration had been an issue for many years, starting in 1965 when the first player spiked the ball, meaning threw the ball with force in the end zone. That was the beginning of our slippery slope, according to some, moving into excessive celebration. If you need Mm. a definition, uh, the uh, College Football League says, any delayed, excessive, prolonged, or choreographed act by which a player or players attempt to focus attention upon himself or themselves. Okay. And if you want to, there's a whole Wikipedia article called um, Touchdown Celebration. Oh. And the reason it's called Touchdown Celebration is because the world has moved on a little bit from vilifying excessive mm-hmm. or touchdown celebration because it got to the point where they'd be called penalties against that act and you could mm. lose a whole touchdown 
just for some momentary dance in this the This sounds zone. like uh, something concocted in New England. Indeed it does, doesn't it? But I don't know that it was. However, my favorite quote about all this comes from Craig Ferguson. He's a late night oh, talk yeah, show host. Oh, yeah, he's very funny. He says, and I'm not going to do the accent. Do the, oh, rats. Anyone who's just <laughs> driven 90 yards against huge men trying to kill them has earned the right to do jazz hands. I jazz, jazz hands are appropriate. They're subtle. I think so. But they make the point. They do. So Anything more than that, though, yeah. If you do jazz hands with a plie, that's okay. That's right. But, but you start celebration doing too much. The, that's right. Celebration and the tendency to look down on it is as old as history. Um, and that's part of the reason yeah. why I wanted to bring us into a conversation about celebration today. Yeah. Uh, can you say more about that tendency to look down on celebration? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's it's certainly true in New England. Um, I, I, yeah. You know, when, whenever people get excited about something, say a sports contest, um, mm-hmm. that is that is a moment where people jump up out of their seats and they yell and holler mm. and whoop and uh, feel the excitement of the moment. They have a physical reaction. Or maybe you're playing a game with a friend across the table and something goes right and yes, you, you have this mm. outburst, yeah. this moment. And from the moment it happens, the person who's not celebrating may be feeling tender. Maybe feeling like your celebration is a part of their humiliation and may come at you oh, with, yeah. tamp that down, don't do that. That's not appropriate. That stinks. You're acting like a child. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been told to act my age more than when I'm celebrating something in body or spirit. I get very excited about things oh, yeah. that are exciting to me. I, well, I think it's appropriate. It is appropriate. It's biblical, gosh That's darn the it. Thing. Gosh darn it. Lay it on us. Where is this biblical? Exodus chapter 15 is one of my favorite spots. The horses and the riders have been thrown into the sea. And Mm -hmm. what does Miriam do? She She doesn't pray. That's right. She doesn't pray. She doesn't sit down. I mean, in a way she prays, but she doesn't bow her head and act all solemn. She, the sister of Aaron, Miriam, takes the timbrel in her hand. And the women follow her with timbrels and dancing. And they sing one of these early hymns, sing to the Lord for God is highly exalted, horse and rider God has thrown into the sea. It's a celebration of the uh, thwarting of the Egyptian horde. Yeah. Trying I think to that's... destroy our plucky band of heroes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that sense of exuberation. And the Psalms are, are full of mm-hmm. celebration. Certainly. I mean, not all of them. Some of the no. Psalms are Psalms of lament. All those, we can go through the taxonomy of Psalms, but I wasn't planning on doing that today. No, I'm not ready for that. Okay, good. Few, um, but there are many psalms of celebration. One fifty, of course, is the, is the yeah. probably one of the greatest hits of celebration psalms. It is. I like forty seven. I'm a big fan of forty seven. Clap okay. your hands, all you nations. Shout yeah, to please, God with yeah. cries of joy, for the Lord is most high and awesome, the great King over the earth. I like that one. Nice. Yeah. I read it. I didn't memorize that. If anyone. Oh, okay. I thought you maybe had it memorized. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm still impressed by you, Charlie. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So when is it, though, when is it inappropriate to celebrate? Or when is it that we should temper our celebrations? You're already trying to tamp us down, huh? I'm still celebrating, gosh darn it. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, But yes, tone it down. When is it appropriate? I don't know. I think think when you can celebrate... uh, See, the thing, the specter that I raised earlier is kind of the challenge, and it's something mm. that we deal with in congregational life all the time. What, what are the people around me feeling? 
What are, mm. what are they experiencing? And we talk all right. the time about when we arrive for worship on Sunday, whether online or in person, we take many roads. The congregation takes, takes as many roads as there are people or families to get there. And they've yeah. been through so many different things during the week. And some people arrive on Sunday morning and they are so ready to celebrate. Yeah. And then others just feel like this is my place of lament and don't, don't disturb that. I need that desperately, which is, you know, there's, there's a sadness yeah. for me to that movement, but it's also essential. The, the challenge for me is when we associate certain places with only celebration or lament. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a problem. In those situations, I think it's rarely not the time to celebrate because sometimes you have to unspell the demon of a place when you get stuck in that mode of just, this is where I go to lament. And of course, I'm talking about our churches. Yeah. You know, I think one of the moments, though, in church life that we tend to walk that line and walk it really well are at funerals or memorial services. Mm -hmm. um, now, I do, when I'm working with people, I've had people say, like, we just want to celebrate. We don't want it to be sad. Celebration of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I say, okay, but it will be sad. You know, <laughs> that's right. And, and, you know, because the person's gone. And then others will say, well, it should just be a somber occasion. Like, well, we'll we will laugh a little. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's, it is walking that balance of really celebrating the life the person lived, who they were for us. Um, and then saying that's a loss and we hold that as well. And it's messy. And it's one of those places in our life where that mess is allowed. Mm-hmm. I don't think a mess is often allowed. That's true. Uh, That's you know, a good point. And, yeah, and, and, and we need to allow more messes. Mm -hmm. I, I think celebration, when people celebrate at others' expense, that's when I'm not happy about that. You know, so if someone, you know, let's say there is a sport engagement of some kind or another, and someone makes a good play, as I'm told they're, they They do. are called plays, yes. I can, yep, I yep. can verify that. Yeah, you know, displaying their, their athletic prowess. We mm -hmm. celebrate. We're like, wow, that's amazing. What a, what a great play, you know, nicely done. And, and you can say, feel good about yourself. But then if they start sticking their finger in the face of the opposing team saying, in your face, you're awful. I'm the best. You guys are losers. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's not okay. Yeah. That's not the right kind of celebration. And, and that's, I think that might be part of the line that we, we strive to walk. Mm-hmm. I think what we're celebrating also varies greatly. For instance, back to Miriam in Exodus 15. Yeah. Miriam is celebrating nothing but the amazing power of God in the face of overwhelming odds. Yeah. So I, f I feel like if you are quick to celebrate and recognize the, the joy of being in God and, and celebrating mm. God, I think that's an easy celebration that's always going to resonate. If you are quick to celebrate your own amazing achievement <laughs> over uh, yeah, someone else yeah. who is in proximity to you, you, you may be on the wrong path. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great distinction. And, you know, and that celebration of Miriam is problematic. Okay. Because she's celebrating the death of the Egyptians. Yes, she is. Horse and rider thrown into the sea. Mm -hmm. And I think the way you, you framed it really helps. Because she's not saying, ha, Egyptians, we told you and now you're dead. Right. Um, you know, what has that gotten you? But instead, she's, I like this approach of she's celebrating 
being in God's presence and mm-hmm. what it means to be named and chosen by God. Yeah, uh, that that's that's wonderful, and and it could be it's it's a whole other episode to really unpack the problematic nature of the demise of others. That's true. Um, you know, at supposedly God's hand, but mm-hmm. let's put that aside for today. It is, however, a, a long tradition. Um, yeah. And, and that's not, in my mind, that's not okay. Today, if if someone comes to me and says, I celebrate that these people died because they were our enemies and that was God's doing, I would say, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to celebrate with you about that. Yeah. I now, can't celebrate that. Now, for folks who get frustrated when we're, um, when, I, when I'm bringing up Old Testament scriptures and they, they only feel connected to new Number one, you have a problem. But n- number two, well, you're you're th- a heretic. There is also a, a really nice uh, scriptural moment in Matthew chapter nine, oh, where, Matthew nine. where Jesus uh, makes it clear that the celebration is supposed to be going on right now. Um, mm. He says he says um, the Pharisees saw him healing and uh, eating with tax collectors. Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, "It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick." But go and learn what this means. I desire not mercy, but sacrifice. Um, and he says, uh, the bridegroom. What is it? The the they'll they'll fast when their bridegroom is taken from them. But right now, the bridegroom is yeah. here. I'm yeah. here now. So don't waste this moment. Don't miss the opportunity to mm. celebrate with me. And yes, it that particular celebration, I guess, is bittersweet because it portends this uh, impending end. But uh, it's, I mean, doesn't everything, isn't every celebration kind of an honoring the, the moment, the fleetness of our time together? Well, um, and if it's, uh, if it's forever, the celebration loses its import. Oh boy, that's true. Can I spoil a little bit of The Good Place? Please. Have you been watching that show? No. No, I haven't. Oh, I, My wife I, loves it. Yeah, it's good. It's, it, it's, I would say it's better than good. It's mm. great. It should be called, the, called great place, the Great Place, but they should have called it the Great Place. One of the interesting takes they had on heaven was that heaven um, just made people soft and kind of apathetic <laughs> and became, because everything it was, was just, too they good. Had, it was too good. And, and they found if there's no sense of there could be something else or there could be an end, mm-hmm. then life loses its purpose. Mm. And, and I think that's important for us even to remember, I know it, you know, now we should be celebrating because now God is with us and we are in a place where we can experience and share God's love and show that. And we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Mm. We trust that no matter what, God will continue to be with us. And that gives us further celebration. But yeah, in the moment, own it, claim it. I Spike that great. football. Spike that ball as well there you we should. Go. As um, well, you should I th- do a little dance. That's right, but briefly. <laughs> Throw some jazz hands, please. Briefly, keep it brief. Um, <laughs> this part of this uh, whole experience for me grew out of. I, I did a survey of our prayer requests at Pilgrim Congregational over the last mm. um, eight months, and I I came to the point where I realized, of all the prayer requests that had been submitted, there were two out of almost two hundred that mm. were very clearly and obviously celebrations. Oh, and I wow. thought, we are just stuck in this rut that yeah. church is where we come for lament and, of mm. course, with an expectation of healing. So I don't yeah. mean to make it sound like there's there's nothing wrong 
There's right. nothing wrong with bringing lament to God, with bringing frustration and anger to God. That's all a part of the relationship. However, yeah. when we forget celebration, we are missing an essential piece of God's nature and our relation to God and our humanity. And I want to share a quote with you from uh, uh, A.J. Heschel, a Jewish oh, yeah. scholar. Um, He's good. He He's wrote, really good. people of our time are losing the power of celebration. This was in, I think, 1965 he wrote this. People yeah. of our time are losing the power of celebration. Instead of celebrating, we seek to be amused or entertained. But mm. celebration is an active state, an act of expressing reverence or appreciation. To be entertained is a passive state. It's to receive pleasure afforded by an amusing act or spectacle. Celebration is a confrontation, giving attention to the transcendent meaning of one's actions. Mm. I just fell in love with that quote. And, yeah, and the idea good. that celebration is a thing we do. It's yep. a moment we share. And it's really important if, you know, uh, beloved uh, pastor and teacher of teachers, uh, Bob Pasminio, when mm -hmm. he speaks about um, education and the essential processes in it, he says evaluation. Education without evaluation is pointless because we can't evolve and grow and improve um, I, I guess I would add a corollary to that, that education without celebration, without reminding mm. ourselves of the rightness of the enterprise and the joy in teaching and learning together would be uh, fruitless for me. I think, I think yeah. if we don't consistently celebrate, and sometimes you do have to put the cart before the horse, because here in New England, I mm -hmm. think celebration is not our natural modality. I think we're, we're used to our pilgrim puritan heritage god that, bless it you know god bless it that god is just angry and trying to kill us all the time um, and we should be thankful that we're alive today that's right that we are the ants that didn't fall under the yeah. magnifying glass somehow that but, we have worked with which to toil is a gift from god you know sinners in the hands of an ant. but but we have got <laughs> to transcend that sometimes especially yeah. right now Especially mm. right now, because it, it life is hard enough. Yeah. It's hard yeah. enough. So this is not a subtractive thing. I am not telling anyone to stop bringing their laments. Right. I just think this we need an additive moment where we also remember to bring our celebrations to one another. And I, I think the really mature Christian or mature individual mm -hmm. is one who can name their laments and celebrate with others at the same time. Yeah. It doesn't say like, please, oh, you know, I'm so sad. I, I can't celebrate right now. But it says like, I see how God's blessing you. And that is a good thing. That's right. And and this is where I hurt. And be able to hold those together. That's right. And, see, and, that's why yeah. I'm asking people to bring celebrations. Because sometimes yeah. my act of celebrating your joy mm -hmm. is lifts me up. It's a blessing in itself. That's where congregations do their good work, folks. And that's, we, we ought to be doing that. Yeah. We ought to be doing that. So, to, wow, to celebration, an ode. Yeah. I'm going to celebrate. Yeah, I'm going to celebrate today. I'm going to buy a hat oh. and bring one of those noisemakers and just all day today. I'm going to wear the hat, make the noisemakers. I'm going to just be giving cake out to everyone I meet. You know what, Jonathan? Um, fake it till you make it. Fake it till I, yeah, because if, you know you that deep inside to... I'm just sad and lonely. And but dying I'm going <laughs> to... 
Honestly, this is what I tell people about prayer all the time. People say, I don't pray, pray well. I don't pray well. And I, I just say, you just just pray. Use somebody mm. else's prayer. Just do it. That's, again, another podcast. But with celebration, yeah. just put yourself around the celebrations of others. And the more you practice it, the better you'll become. Yes. Yep. You will. Yep. So um, let's move into prayer. Yeah. Let's right. move into prayer. And you have a prayer. You brought a prayer for me. I this, have right? a prayer from Jose Hubde, if I'm pronouncing her name right. I don't know, Jose okay. Hubde, Jose. I think it's Jose. Okay. J-O-S-E, but the E has a backward-leaning accent, not a forward-leaning. Okay. So I don't know exactly what to do with that. But she was a Native American spiritual author. She's passed. But mm. she was a Franciscan sister. She's Native American. And she okay. believed in the... The, the coalescing of, of the spirit of Christianity and Native American culture. Um, mm. Whenever I want to pray prayers of celebration, I often look at those great spirit prayers from Native American culture and culturally appropriate them, which is, uh, as long as you attribute yeah. where you got them from, I think, okay. Uh, but, yeah. but she has prayers that she actually wrote down for us to savor. And so I'm okay. going to share the three-step morning prayer. All right. Oh, so I know this is an evening devotional, as Jonathan says, but... Oh, I said um, weekly. I said right. weekly. You did so say you weekly. you can listen now. to this anytime you want Anytime now. at all. We so, have freed you. You are freed. And we record in the early morning. So a three-step morning prayer is really important for us. And I hope you'll enjoy this. Yeah. Again, it has a note of bittersweetness, um, mm. but it's, it's really... I think it's right on for where we need to go with our celebrations. It puts us in a place where we can celebrate. So... Excellent. Let us pray. Let's pray. Go ahead, John. Thank you, God, for the power of celebration. Help us to activate on it and use it. Uh, help us to remember that there will be days when celebration comes easy. And there will also be days when it is a struggle. But for all of that, God, help us keep this image of Miriam in our heads. Not of head bowed in perfect complacency, but instead her exuberant, rejoiful, re her exuberant, joyful moment of jumping up and acknowledging your power in her life. God, you are so good. And we can see it every day, but sometimes we need to be reminded. Help us to see those reminders so we can celebrate your goodness and help us to be a reminder to others. So that even though we still struggle today and it still hurts and we live with all the pains and worries of the world, we can also celebrate your goodness, your love, and your presence amongst us all. And now from Jose Habday, three-step morning prayer. First step, plant your feet firmly on the earth. Using your five senses, give thanks to our Creator God for the countless ways God comes to us through creation for all the beauty that your eyes see, for all the sounds that your ears hear, for all the scents that you smell, the tastes that you taste, for all that you feel, the sun, wind, rain, snow, warm or cold. Pray this day that you may be open and attuned to the countless ways that our Creator God comes to us through your senses, through the gifts of creation. Second step, let go of all the pain, struggle, regret, failures, garbage of yesterday. Step out of it. Leave it behind. Brush the dust of it from your feet. Third step. With this third and final step, step into the gift of the new day, full of hope, promise, and potential. 
give thanks for the gift of this new day, which God has made. Amen. Amen. Well, that's really Three-step good. prayer. You can take that it to the bank. Yeah, that could have been a framework for its own podcast episode. Mm. Well, this will be uh, this will be included in our uh, show notes. Yep. So you can pray it yourself, and you can learn more about Jose Hupday as well. I'll I'll include yeah. a link with her. Uh, it's her obituary, unfortunately, but it tells of her joyous life and the things that she did. So I think it's worth noting. Oh, very nice. Good. Celebrate. Folks, yeah, celebrate. It, you know, the best way to celebrate is to sneak up on someone and then surprise them with your celebration. Like, I'm celebrating! Uh, oh, so if you get that. someone to, yeah, if you get someone to fall down, spit oh, out their yes. drink or milk, or, you oh, know, yeah. somehow, then then you did it right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, get those videos and send them to us at uh, 12 at gmail.com. We can't live without them. No, we can't live without them. <laughs> This reminds me, did you see the, the movie uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's a moment where a character that looks like a raccoon tells someone that he needs something. Right. And they have oh. to go get it in order to yes. enact a plan. I don't want to spoil anything. This right, but he, he just liked it, just liked the idea he just of getting the that idea thing. Of having it. Yeah. yeah, it was joyful in his own sadistic kind of way. That's right. No. <laughs> That's right. All right, so folks, I hope you get to watch Guardians of the Galaxy this week. It's fun. Um, it is. It is a fun movie. Celebrate with it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Be happy. Find joy in the Lord. And be well this week. Peace. Bye. Kitchen Table Spirituality is part of the 12 Enough Network. Your hosts were Charlie Eastman, the pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts, and Jonathan Malone, the pastor of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can send us comments about this show or any other show at 12enough.com. 12 is written out. Find the show notes for this episode and other episodes at 12enough.com. 12, again, is written out. And please go to Facebook, uh, go to iTunes and rate and like the show. And thank you very much for listening. Hooray! That's interesting. I've never heard of it. Oh, okay.